What's up, what's up, what's up? And Anya, hasio to all my Korean peeps out there. My name is Denise. You already know what time it is. It's time for my podcast called That K-Pop Talk, where we do what? We talk about K-Pop, of course. Today is a special edition of That K-Pop Talk, because today we're going to talk about what is going on between High and SM Entertainment. And Lee Suman, what is going on with him? Why is he doing the things that he's doing? Why are he doing these chess moves that makes no sense to some, but make a lot of sense to others? So we're going to go into a deep dive. All I'm talking about today is the state of K-pop utilizing the resources that we know about SM and HOT. And I'm going to give you details and dates and you will see why we have come to the point of the court ruling in Hype's favor. So sit back and relax. It will all make sense, hopefully, by the time I finish explaining everything. So for the next 30 minutes, it's gonna be all about that K-pop talk. Welcome back to that K-pop talk. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get to some of the key players of this podcast, okay? So as you guys know, this is about SM, and hide. So on SM side, you have the founder, Lee Sumang. Some people call him the, the founder of K-pop or the godfather or father of K-pop. Now, Lee Sumang has a nephew. His nephew is Lee Sung Soo. Lee Sung Soo is the CEO of SM Entertainment. He joined in 2005. He was an intern. He got promoted to CEO in 2020. And Lee Sung Soo also was CEO in SM Entertainment's USA division in 2019, and he developed SM's core technology, the Beyond Live. That's that's his his doing right there. Okay, now you have Tak Young Jung, who is the COO slash CMO of SM Entertainment. He joined the company in 2001, also promoted to CMO COO slash in 2020. And some people are, depending on who you talk to, some people label them as co-CEOs of the company. Now, Hype side, you have CEO Park Jiwon, and you have Hype's founder chairman. We all know him. His name is C. Siuk, or Bang Siuk, as we know him as Hitman Bang. So Bang Siuk, as we know him as Hitman Bang. Okay, now how did all this come about? Like, why did we have to get to the point where the court on March 3rd have to put it out there and say, and this is by the Seoul Civil Court, by the way, they declared that SM Entertainment's attempt to issue new shares to Kakao without the approval of then largest shareholder, um, Lee Suman was unlawful. How did we get to that point? Let's go back. Let's go back to 2022 when Lee Suman had a licensing, production licensing company called Light Planning. That was the name of it. And they terminated that, that, that contract with him because they said that they're shifting into the 3.0 era. And you know, I, last week on my podcast, I was like, what is that? Well, they have these eras, right? 
So they had a 1.0 era, a 2.0 era, which they were currently in and well, actually they're coming out of as we speak. And they're going to go into the 3.0 era. Now, Lee Sung Soo, the nephew who's CEO, and Tak Young Jung, who is the CMO slash COO, they said that the way that they see SM going forward is they're going to shift from a one-person production system to a multi-level production system, internal, external. So in other words, how Hive is modeling their company, that's how SM wants to do it, which is similar to what Hive is doing it. Oh, the irony, because now Hive has the largest stake in SM. Okay, so that is how they envision it. Now, I want you to follow the timeline. So 2022 is when they terminate the contract. February 3rd is when they made that announcement that they are switching to that multi-level system in their 3.0 era. And they want to do it with cacao. Now, they didn't say that on February 3rd, but they announced that they're going to switch to that new system. So on February 6th, three days later, Cacao purchased 9.05% of the company, right? Okay. Didn't tell Lee Suman about it. They just went ahead and did it. February 9th, this is the pivotal point. February 9th is when Lee Suman got together with Hive and said, okay, take my 14.8% share so you could become the largest shareholder. News broke to us, meaning the public, on February 10th. That is the timeline of things that had happened leading up to Lee Suman's um, selling of his shares. So now you know exactly when he sold it. He sold it after that announcement came. He didn't sell it right when they terminated his contract. He could have, but he didn't. But when he saw the direction that they were going to have with this 3.0 era he made up his mind and if you look at his response letter as to why um he went with hype he wrote a long response letter he said that other companies was looking um to acquire his stocks and i'm gonna tell you when he was talking about the companies that were looking to acquire his stocks i'm gonna bring it up right now because um, he was saying that many buyers, and this is him saying in his letter, many buyers made offers for SM, including Hive, Cacao, investment companies, corporations, and even overseas investors. They came to me seeking to buy the company. To me, the best option was Hive. While it's true that Hive was a competitor of SM, it's also true that the success of BTS is the pride of South Korea. That's what he said, not me. So he is telling you why he, in his words, made the choice to go with Hyde. Now, could this be him getting back at his nephew and talk Young Jung for making the decision to terminate his contract? Could be. I don't know. I'm not in his head. I just report the facts. And I wanted you guys to know the timeline of the facts. The facts is 
February, I mean, not February, 2022, they terminated his contract. February 3rd, they lay out this 3.0 plan saying they're going to switch to a multi-level system. February 6th, Cacao comes in and purchases up to 9.05% stake and becomes the second largest stakeholder. February 9th, Lee Suman sells his shares to Hive. Now, Hive has always maintained that just because they're buying up these shares does not mean that they're going to be um, trying to change SM in any way because they even said that they're going to, you know, I, you know what? I'm just going to read you the quote from the CEO himself because he's not trying to change anything. He said he's not trying to change anything. He he honestly wants the best for this company and at least that's what he's saying. So I'm going to read to you what Park Jiwan said himself. So there, that that way you can have his words, not mine. Um, Hype's CEO Park Juwan said, "We respect the legacy of SM and will secure the independence of SM." Hype has already proven that our multi-label system works. Isn't that what SM said they wanted to do on February third? See, that's what I said. The irony of it all. Hype has already proven that our multi-system label works. SM has its own value and we will help them maintain their color and expand their reach. That's what he said. Part G1. But when you ask SM, they said it was, quote, a hostile takeover. Where's the hostility in this? I'm just reporting the facts. I just report the facts. So... Fast forward, right? SM is still, you know, investigating, trying to figure out what's going on between Kakao and SM. Lee Suman, in the meantime, saying that they he was going to take legal action because they were violating the Commercial Act. Now, the Commercial Act states, this is a Korea thing, the Commercial Act states that if you are the largest stake shareholder, stake slash shareholder, in a company. And I don't know if this is this way in the United States, but I'm just pertaining to Korea because this is about this article, um, about this podcast, sorry. If you are going to sell the majority, not the majority, but if you're going to sell a lot of shares of your company to some to another company, right? You have to let the largest stake or shareholder know. They SM didn't do that. It was Lee Sumang at that time, and they didn't tell him that. And even after the purchase was made by Hybe, SM was still going to let Kakao get future shares and not tell Hybe. This is this is after February 9th, after, even after the 10th now. Because you remember, we found out on the 10th. So they found a contract or they found out about the contract and when they found out about the contract, they said that it was not lawful, right? Hive said it was not lawful. You, you know, you're giving them these rights that they really don't have. And it was interesting because when that happened, and I'm, I'm going to give you some more information I found out. When that happened, 
they just ignored Hybe. Whatever Hybe had requested them to stop, they just ignored them. So Hybe even said that um, they stand shoulder to shoulder with the world's major record labels. So Hybe is even saying, look, we stand shoulder to shoulder with you, SM. We're not trying to be a tyrant here. So they claim that they can help SM in their North American, China, Southeast Asian markets, even though Hive doesn't have a stake there themselves. Remember, Hive just came on the scene in 2021. SM, this is what I was, this is what I was saying earlier. SM is everywhere. We just don't see it, you know, like physically everywhere, but they're everywhere. And not only in music, they're in other avenues too. I found that out. I'm like, wow. If you realize, if you really look up SM and find out other things that they're involved in, you would be amazed. They have companies within companies within companies. Like their stuff runs deep. That model, business model that they have is phenomenal. I'm just saying, y'all. But anyway, so hi is two seeking legal measures at this time because they said that if you do not stop this, we're going to seek both criminal and civil measures against you because they found out that SM's contract with Kakao gives Kakao exclusive rights to circulate SM's album and music and that they also have preemptive right to purchase new shares. Did y'all hear that? The contract between SM and Kakao gives Kakao exclusive rights to circulate SM's album and music and has preemptive right to purchase new shares. How are you able to do that and you're not even the largest shareholder? That's why Hive is also now stepping in. So Lee Suman's, right? Lee Suman's fight was just his own at first. But then Hive stepped in after the purchase of those shares and then they took a deep deep dive, sorry, deep dive into it. And then they said, look, you can't do this. You can't do this. And that's how we got to where we're at today with the court decision. So the court is saying that it is unlawful and they cannot continue to sell shares to Kakao. And also, not only that, Hive has also told them that they have plans to purchase 40% of the company. Now, why is that number important? Because once you get to 40%, you can start making managerial decisions. Now, I'm not sure if you guys um, watched the interview with Hitman Bang and the interview, the interviewer from CNN last week, but it was a woundinger. He, he, you know, again, I can only go by facts of what I see and, and what they say, because that's, that's my reference, right? He said that he's not trying to take over <laughs> He's not trying to take over the K-pop industry. He's trying to help the K-pop industry. And he referenced that K-pop, if you took a pie, K-pop has a very small piece of the pie. Because you remember last week, if you listened to last week's podcast, I said, 
if K-pop is a multi-billion dollar industry, that means the music industry must be close to a trillion dollars or it is a trillion dollar industry because K-pop has a small percentage of the pie and they still a multi-billion dollar business? Wow. He said, and I've heard Lee Soo-Mang in his letter, if you read the letter, and Hitman Bang both use the same words when they said that SM has a governance issue. Meaning their structure of management is not where it's supposed to be at. One thing I know Hitman Bang is good at is governance. He's excellent at that. So I guess if I were me, I would want to sell my shares to Hitman Bang too. Because who else better to run the company than them? And he's not saying, and he said that he did not want to leave his company to his kids or his family or his friends. He needs to leave it to someone who he knows is going to run the company. Well, his nephew is his family. And he did say he didn't want to leave it to anybody in his family. And I get it. I understand SM has their 3.0 vision. But I honestly think that Hive will let them keep their 3.0 vision. Because let me tell you, if Lee Soo-Mong, nephew, Lee, Lee, Lee Sung, Lee Sung, um, what's his name? Lee Sung Soo, sorry. If Lee Sung Soo, which is the nephew to Lee Soo-Mong, developed Beyond Life, imagine what will happen if you put the technology heads together and come up with something amazing for K-pop. It would take it to another level. Now, I'm going to end this with what direction I feel K-pop is going to into, right? I feel that Hitman Bang really means to take SM into a very positive space. I don't feel that he's trying to take over as a tyrant, right? Again, other people made offers. So it doesn't, I want you guys to really think about this. It doesn't matter if, if it wasn't Hive, it would have been someone else. That's what I'm trying to say. If it wasn't Hive, it would have been someone else he would have sold his shares to. So either way it goes, SM wouldn't have had that decision-making authority to begin with because someone else would have had the majority shares. Lee Suman said other companies overseas and domestic were interested in his shares. He was planning on selling those shares Regardless, trust me, he was going to sell them. And honestly speaking, if you're going to have anybody to sell those shares, it needs to be high. Because I wouldn't trust it in the hands of a company that did not know about the music industry. And if it was a music industry, specifically K-pop, if you are a music or record label, but you don't know how K-pop runs, you don't need to. I'm telling y'all, you wouldn't want him to sell it to a non-K-pop record company. It, I don't think it would have worked out. He needed someone who understood it. 
And just like he did when he founded the company back in 1989 with SM Studio and he brought it and turned it into SM Entertainment in 1995, right? And, it, it, and I'm just going to put this into perspective right here. We're talking about his company. 1996 was YG. 1997 was JYP. 2006 was FNC and Q. 2007, Pletus. 2008, Starship. 2015, The Black Label. 2016, Q, KQ Entertainment and Blockberry Creative. 2021, I mean, 2018, Hyde. 2021, I mean, Sorry, I'm messing this up, y'all. 2018 P Nation, 2021 is Hybe. He began the whole process. If it wasn't for this man, no matter how you feel about him, this man brought you guys K-pop, brought me K-pop. At least give him that. And respect that part. Because we are here today enjoying our favorite K-pop idols and enjoying our favorite K-pop groups because he started something called SM Studio back in 1989. So I understand the process here, right? Right? And I know we're going to have the naysayers that said, oh, he's just doing that to get back at his nephew or, or, you know, whatever. Right now, I'm on facts. And the fact is, between these two companies, they take up three-fourths of the world's K-pop income. Yes. You got the number one company purchasing the number three company. Acquisition. That's major. It is about time we start unifying together, you guys. And I've been saying that for the last couple of podcasts because I see this coming. We don't need to be divided because in order for K-pop to grow, we need to come together. We need to come together and we need to help catapult this genre onto the pie so we can have a bigger part of the pie. One of the reasons why I came on to do this podcast and I started this podcast is because, yeah, I'm a 50-year-old black woman. I said this last week and love K-pop, but I know that we need to be more loving towards each other, not so toxic because sometimes it can be a toxic environment. But right now, at this moment, your K-pop artists, they need you to band together and be strong for them because they're hearing all this stuff. They're seeing all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure there's whispers of all these changes going on in a managerial and company part of their company. And all they want to do is sing for you and bring you joy through their music. I'm just saying. So now you have what's going on. Now you have the timeline on what happened between now I mean, between then and now. And if you're asking, how did he become um, just involved in the production licensing part of it all? Like, you know, having his production license, how did he just do, why did he just do that and nothing else? 
is because he stepped down. He was on the board of directors after he began his company in 1995, you know, SM part, because it was studio, SM studio until um, from 1989, 1995, then he became um, SM Entertainment in 1985. He was on the board of directors because he had CEOs, right? He stepped down in 2010 to do production and development. So at that point, 2010, he really wasn't involved in a company like that. He took a more of a backseat at that point. So by the time 2022 came up, SM had grown so large, just so many employees and management and all that stuff in the company. That's when the nephew and and um, talk, Young Jung made that decision. Hey, we need to shift gears here. So like I said, I can see both points. But what happened was the facts. He sold his majority share. So you got to respect that. They want to move on with this multi-level system. Hive is saying, do, do you, boo. Hive is saying, do you, but we just want to help you out here. We're, we're going to purchase these shares. We need to unify and put us more on a global scale so we could compete with the rest of the genres in the music industry. And that's basically what's going on, you guys. I wish we wouldn't make it more what it is on a personal level. You know what I'm saying? Um, I read some of the comments, not on my page, but on other pages, going back to some things that were not known so nice about Lee Suman. I'm not trying to go after the personal stuff that he's done. I'm not even trying to go after his past because I believe everyone deserves a future. What I'm going after is the fate of K-pop and what we need to do to preserve K-pop. That's that's what I'm concerned about. Because his personal life to me is his personal life. I am talking about what's going on now. Because if you think about it, when they terminated his contract, he really didn't have a large stake in um, SM like that anyways. He wasn't running the everyday decision-making stuff. He, he didn't have that authority at that time. And that's why they were saying he does not have any business decision-making at all which he doesn't. And he really didn't when he left SM at that time when they con terminated his contract. They were the ones making the decisions. He just so happened to be the largest stakeholder. He wasn't even on the board, you guys. He's not doing what Hitman Bang is doing now. Hitman Bang is on the board. So he makes those relevant decisions. Lee Suman was not on the board. He stepped down in 2010. He was not making any decisions, you guys. Just under his production stuff, he was making decisions. But he's not even doing that because he's not even with SM. He's not even with Hive. He sold his shares. That's all he's doing. And he didn't sell all his shares, you guys. He didn't sell all his shares. He still has a couple percentage point shares, which means he's still getting residuals in. Trust me, he didn't sell all his, all his shares. This was his company. So... A smart move would at least be keep some of your shares. And he did. So hopefully you guys um, followed me along on this journey with SM and Hyde. You know, um, Hyde has Hyde America. They have Hyde here. And um, not here, but yeah, yeah, here. I'm in America. They have Hyde in Korea. They're about to do Japan. You know. 
SM is already everywhere, basically. Let's support them and support all the other ones I named. You know, like I said, I named the chronological order of how these K-pop companies just bursted on the scene. And I'm pretty sure there's some other ones I haven't named. And I do apologize if I don't know, you know, your company. But those are the ones that, you know, I'm acquainted with. And um, like I said, I'm learning every day. And I'll say this again. BTS was the first K-pop group I saw back in 2020. And now I'm getting to the point that I'm starting to learn about all these other groups that came before BTS and that are here now that aren't as well known. I'm learning. Every day I'm learning something new. But I did a deep dive and I just want you guys to know who these players are in the game of SM and Hive. And so you guys would know and be brought up to speed on exactly what's going on. So now you're up to speed. And I hope I explained everything right. And if I didn't, I apologize. But if you go back and listen to it again, it should make sense because I know there's a lot of stuff going on. But again, I'm going to say the timeline one more time. 2022, Lee Suman gets let out of his contract as a production licensing person because he was on the production side, right? February 3rd. SM makes the announcement that they're switching from a one-man production team with Lee Suman. They let him go to a multi-level tier similar to what Hive has. February 6th, they sell 9.05% of shares to Cacao Entertainment. February 9th, Lee Suman turns around, sells the majority of his shares to Hive. February 10th, it breaks the news all over. Back and forth, Lee Suman told him that he is suing because of the Commercial Act violation. Hyde finds out about the contract and tells, tells SM, you cannot do anything under that contract because it's not viable. And then we find out that they were going to give preemptive rights to buy more shares, meaning SM was going to give Cacao preemptive rights to buy more shares and have sole exclusive rights to their album and their catalog. And then on March 3rd, the court said you can't do any of that, SM, because you should have let Lee Suman know first. That's basically what happened, you guys, in a nutshell. My name is Denise. I'm glad you joined me for this podcast. I'm doing this every week. This was a special podcast. I still have my other podcasts coming out at the end of this week for this week's K-pop news. As you guys know, this is that K-pop talk. Where I do what? <laughs> I talk about K-pop, of course. 